Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. Metro exists to exalt God and equip people. Here at Metro, we long to become a community that celebrates the presence of God, communicates the Word of God, demonstrates the love of God, and educates the people of God. Everything we do revolves around this core mission and vision. We are so glad you are here today to listen to this week's podcast. It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message. Amen. First Chronicles chapter 29. Church, we're in a new series, um, we're in a continued ser- series this month called The Heart of Worship. Uh, the first week, I stressed the importance of gaining God's attention by considering our intentions when we come into the house of God. Remember, God is attracted to humility and God is attracted to obedience. So what is your intention when you come into the presence of God? The next week, Pastor asked us to consider holiness and gratitude before God. Holiness is really key when we come to God to worship. It is a part of the heart of worship. And today, I actually want to not introduce a new idea. I want to take all those ideas further this morning in the text. Humility and obedience, holiness and gratitude. It's easy to talk about these things when, you're, when you're, nothing is going on in your life or in a vacuum. But I want to challenge us this morning. What does it mean to worship God with these attributes amidst change in your life, chaos in your life? How do you worship when everything is changing around you, when you can't find stability? Perhaps you're experiencing a transition at work and you're getting worried. The last thing you're thinking about is worship. Maybe things are changing at home for you. Maybe you have a new child that's born. Maybe your son or daughter is about to leave for college. Maybe a grandparent has passed away. Change happens in your family. Is worship what you're thinking about amidst change? Again, there are so many times that we, we think about God last in the midst of change. Can you imagine when your friendships change? All the people that you loved and cared about. Now after pandemic, they have become different. They don't want to be your friends anymore. And there's a change in your life. Do you think about worship during those times? Change is hard in life. I remember my first day in college at the University of Texas at Austin. My parents had come a few days before. They helped me move into my dorm. And then they left back to Dallas. Most of my friends were really excited about the newfound freedom that we had. No more parents around. We're living in Austin, live music capital of the world. Adventures lay ahead. But I have to admit, I was a little nervous and anxious. I remember the first morning I came out of my dorm. Remember, Jester Dorm at the University of Texas is the largest dormitory in the world. It has its own zip code. I came out of that dormitory, walked out onto campus, and I saw thousands of people walking around. It was a sea of people. I did not want to take out my campus map, you know, because I didn't want to be that guy. So I tried to do everything by memory. And if you've ever tried to get around by memory, you get lost. I was lost. Everything was new. Everything was changing. And my life felt hard. I went to this one intersection that all my friends and I had agreed upon. This was before cell phones. I don't know if young people, if you've heard of a pager. (laughs) That's what we had. And we were supposed to meet at that intersection. No one was there. I wondered to myself, where is everybody? It's the first day of school, and everybody's already sleeping in. 
So I wandered along by myself, avoiding the bikes and the cars. There were food vendors trying to sell us food. There were clubs and groups and fraternities passing out their flyers. There were all these banks telling me that the best thing I could do right now is open an account. I was surprised. Everyone wants us to open an account, you know? There were people throwing free t-shirts at me. At the time, it says, tear down the Clinton administration. Yeah, I'm not wearing that shirt. I don't know. I was walking around. There was a guy barely clothed but had an acoustic guitar strategically placed. And he had long braided hair, and he was singing about love and protest and drugs. I thought to myself, where in the world am I? Lost, I walked into an auditorium, which was my chemistry class. I walked into that auditorium, and I couldn't believe there were 500 students there. I sat down, found a chair by myself in a massive lecture hall. My professor was lecturing, and I noticed everyone had their textbooks. How do they know how to get their textbooks? I came with class without a textbook. I felt behind on the very first day of school. I was lost. Everything had changed. Everything felt new. The last thing I was thinking about was God. And many of you heard my testimony. That was the year. That was the moment that I drifted further from God. Worship amidst change is very difficult. And so, church, what do you do when your life changes? When your scenarios, circumstances, people, everything changes like shadows? Think about our children right now going to school. Some of them for the first time going to middle school or high school. They're having that same feeling. Are we treating, are we teaching our children to worship God amidst change. This is the same feeling that the children of Israel had in this text that we're about to read. Notice how they worship God amidst so much change in their life. Because when you worship God amidst change, it actually reveals your heart of worship. Let's turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 29, starting in verse 10. It says, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, and he said, Praise be to you, Lord the God of our father Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in the earth and in the heavens is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and we praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to even give generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what came from your hand. We are foreigners and strangers in your sight, as, as were all our ancestors. Our days on the earth are like a shadow without hope. Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for the building of your temple, for your holy name, comes from your hand, and it all belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and you are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willing your people are who, are who have given to you. Lord, the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep these desires and thoughts in the hearts of your people forever. And keep their hearts loyal to you. And give my son Solomon wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, statutes, and decrees, and to do everything to build this palatial temple structure for which I have provided. Then David said to the whole assembly, Praise the Lord your God. 
So they all praised the Lord, the God of their fathers. They bowed down low, prostrating themselves before the Lord God and the king. Church, you may not see it right away in this text, but let me tell you some changes that are happening while they're singing this song of praise. First off, King David, he's transitioning as king. He's giving his kingship over to his son Solomon. His son Solomon is young and inexperienced. I'm telling you, church, a change in leadership is really hard to worship through. But they're experiencing that. Not only that, they have a huge temple project that they're about to start. This is going to fundamentally change how they worship God, how they worship Yahweh. They used to worship in tents. Now they're going to be in this huge, beautiful, ornate temple. Change in worship is really hard. Change in church processes, change in church structures are really hard. Politically, all their enemies have been put down. They were now in moving out of a time of war into a time of peace, peace with all nations. This change in posture is really hard. If you're used to fighting all the time, if you're used to being in war all the time, but now you've moved into an era of peace, you knew what it was like to be a warrior, but who are you now? Vocational change is very hard. But David knew one thing, everything can change, but God does not change. Therefore, our worship cannot change. David knew, I can be a shepherd, I can be a soldier and a general, I can be a king, I can even transition my kingship. All these things can change, but my God never changes. This is the deep truth that David is trying to teach us this morning. That everything first is God's. Everything that we have in our life, everything that we experience is first God's. He gave it to us, so worship is giving back to God everything he has first given us. Even if our life changes, God is the one who gave us this life. So we still give our life back to him. This text teaches two important things. First, verse 10 through 13. Praise God for who he is. Praise God for who he is. Number two, verse 14 through 20. Praise God in this opportunity. Praise God in this opportunity. The main point today is this. God, I give everything to you today because everything is already yours. God, I give everything to you today because everything is already yours. Church, would you allow this heart of worship to come into your life? Would you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you right now? I can't change your heart, but the Holy Spirit can. I can't even change the way you worship, even if I change the songs. But the Holy Spirit can change your heart this morning towards God. Amen? Will you worship God fully today? Amen. The first thing is this. Praise God for who he is. Verse 10 through 13. Look at the worship song, the worship prayer that David puts forward. At this time of worship, David directly addresses God. All the focus, all the attention of this worship time is placed on God. This worship is incredibly theocentric. It centers God and puts all of us on the margins. That's worship. We center God and we put everything else on the margin. Church, please don't hear me the wrong way. I'm not trying to be critical, but I am raising a flag. Have you noticed the worship songs that come on the radio or maybe we sing them at church? I worry when our worship is more about our victory, 
our breakthrough, our healing, our story, but it's not really about God. Sometimes our, our worship songs sound like they're a love song to a person until they finally say the word Jesus. We can tend to veer towards romanticism or triumphalism, that we are so bright and we are so victorious that we lose sight of God. Oftentimes our worship makes us center and marginalizes God. You see, David is saying, our worship must be centered on God. Why did we come here? We came to worship God. God, you see, David spends most of his worship just trying to describe who God is. That is an awesome thing to do in worship. Just spend time describing God. He is totally enamored and in love with God that he spends most of his time just trying to describe who he is. He says God is everlasting. God is great. And he is so powerful. He is majestic and full of splendor. That is who our God is. This is an amazing revelation for a person who is just a shepherd boy. He has no real theological training per se. How does he know this about God? This is what happens when you spend time with God in his presence. You understand deeper things about him. You understand who God is. He knows God. He knows who he is. I remember not too long ago, uh, I was feeling pretty dry in my personal prayer life. I try to be a disciplined person, just pray at the same time every day, and I tell you guys that, just pray even if you don't feel like it. But I have to admit, in all of my discipline and in all of my methodical ways of praying, I did tell God, this feels pretty dry. So I asked God, can you call me deeper? Can you take me to a deeper experience with you? Because I didn't like being dry. I wanted to be immersed. You know that feeling when you're in God's presence? You're immersed. You're surrounded in his presence. I wanted that really badly in my life. So I just asked in my spirit, God, what do you want from me? And I heard in my spirit, who am I? Who am I? Do you know who I am? Man, I felt goosebumps immediately when I heard that question. Who am I? As a person who loves scripture, I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to open my Bible and start at the beginning. Who is God? I began to say from Genesis 1, God, you are creator. You are at the very beginning. You are alpha. When you speak, the universe came into existence. That's who you are. Man, I began to feel the atmosphere in the room begin to change. I heard him say, who am I, son? I said, you are your son. He is the Logos word of God. Without him, without, with him, inside of him, everything lives, moves, and has its being. The atmosphere began to change. He said, who am I, son? I said, your spirit hovers above chaotic waters, and the universe sprung into existence. That's who you are, spirit of God. Who who am I? You fashioned everything with your fingertips, the cosmos, the galaxies, the planets, the insects, the cells, the atoms, everything came from you. I hadn't even gotten to Genesis 2 and my eyes were beginning to fill with tears. The atmosphere in the room changed because what did I do? I made my worship about God, who he is. I spent zero time talking about my life and my concerns. I just prayed Genesis 1 back to my God. Church, we have become so need-centric. I love that we pray, but how often do we pray just talking about God? 
Intercessory prayer is something that we are very good at. But during intercessory prayer, all we're talking about is my needs and your needs. What if God is saying, worship is making me first, and your needs and everything else are second? What about our fasting prayer is really taking us toward God and not more and more answers for our needs? When was the last time you just centered on just talking about God? Worship is about making God first. Everything can change. You can be sick or you can be healed. But God is still God. Are you only worshiping when you're healed? Are you only coming into God's presence when you're sick? It doesn't matter if you're healed or sick. God is still God. I worship God for who he is. David continues in his prayer. He says, heaven and earth are his. All the kingdoms are his. All wealth and honor are his. This is, we think this is poetic. But you think about who David is. Right now, complete dominion and authority is given to David, actually. He is the most ultimate powerful king of the ancient Near East. If you look at Israel's history, he is the ultimate war king. Israel has not conquered ever this much territory. They've never exerted this much dominion. They have never had this much power. That is who King David is. And being that most ultimate man of power, what does he say to God? Yours is all the kingdoms. Yours is all the wealth. Yours is all the honor. Church, it does not matter how much we amass for ourselves in this life. It is still not about me. It is still about God. God, everything is yours. Everything that I'm worshiping you with, you gave to me first, and I'm just giving it right back. Church, don't let your blessing drive you away from your worship. He gave that to you. Just give it right back to him. God, I give everything to you today because everything is already yours. Church, can we take a moment to look at our heart of worship? God, forgive us if it's all our worship has simply been a to-do list for God. God, do this. God, do that. You know, I'll tell you one thing as a husband. The, my, my wife's not here. Praise God. Uh, one of the most annoying things that happens to me in life, and I, we've worked through this, is when I get to the house on the refrigerator is something called a honey-do list. You know, honey-do this, honey-do that, honey-do this. It's just all this stuff I need to get done. No, I love you. It's honey-do. Honey-do this, honey-do that. That puts a strain on a marriage. Let me tell you something. That puts a strain on your relationship with God, too. When was the last time you said, God, I love you, despite the circumstances? Instead of God, do this, God, do that, God, God, do this. Has our worship only turned to the intercession of needs? When was the last time all of us just said, wow, you're amazing. I'm stunned by you, God. We worship, we praise because of who God is. Amen? Are we okay, church? Life can change. Life can go up and down. But God never changes. Let's worship him this morning. Number two, praise God for this opportunity. Look at verse 14 through 20. After spending time focusing on God, look at the shift David makes in verse 14. It's pretty stunning. He says, who am I and who are we that we get to worship you? Wow. When was the last time you said that to God? Not here's what I need, but who am I 
And who are we even to come into your presence? David knows where to place himself and his people when he comes before God. He's asking God, why do we even get this opportunity to worship you? You are so grand and amazing. Why did we even be so blessed to worship you? Church, India is full of about 1.2, 1.3 billion people. Right now, missiologist says maybe 5% of the country is Indian. The fact that many of us are multi-generational Christians, that alone, you should ask God, who am I? Who are we that you would have saved my great-granddad? Who are we, God, that you would find us? Who are me? Who am I? And who is my family? Who is our church that you would have so much grace towards us? Sometimes we come into the church totally reversed. We want to come to worship so we can be seen by others. We come to church to bring our needs. We come to church out of duty and obligation. But David, he's so different. He's the opposite because he has a heart of worship. He doesn't come to be seen by others. He came to be seen by God. Oh God, I hope you see me. I need you. I need you. He didn't come to bring his needs. He didn't say, I want this. He came to God and said, God, what do you want? What do you want from my life right now? I have lots of needs, but what do you want, Father? He didn't come out of duty and obligation. He came out of joy. I know this God. I'm in relationship with God. Who am I that I get to worship you? Who am I? Who are we that we get to get seated at this table with God? We don't belong at this table. God carried us to this table to dine with him. One of my friends called me the other day. He started a new job, and he went to a conference for that job. It was a really big promotion. We had been praying about it. He called me. We prayed, and God blessed him and gave him this promotion and a new job. So he went to a conference for that job. When he walks into that conference, he couldn't believe the people that were sitting in that conference. Tech titans from all over the United States, CEOs, CFOs, government officials were there. People in charge of several different programs in our military, state offices were all at this gathering. And he said when he sat down at the round table, he looked around and the first thing he said was, how did I get here? Who am I at this conference? Only God could have brought me here. And at that moment, I said, man, you think you got seated at that table and you're asking that question? Friends, we are seated at a table where we do not belong, where God the Father, his son Jesus, the Holy Spirit, angels and seraphims, archangels, Michael, Gabriel, beautiful creatures of the heavens given power to do God's work are seated to worship God. And there, me and you, lowly fleshly beings have been carried to the cosmic family of God. And there the Father smiles at me and you and says, I love you. My son came to get you and carried you to this table. Many would say, me and you do not belong there. Who are we that we get this opportunity right now to worship God? We are seated in the heavenlies, God says. So right now, God, I give everything to you right now because everything already belongs to you. David says in his prayer, we're foreigners, we're strangers, we're a shadow in this place. 
We are transient people. Our lives might change, sure. They might go up and down. But to an everlasting God, we are just a vapor. We are just a shadow in God's presence. And there, as a shadow, we get to worship God. We get to be brought to that table as a shadow, as a transient thing. I want you to know God is the main character. All the light shines on God. We're just the shadow. And God brought us to the table to worship. He says we're strangers. We're foreigners. We know what that's like living in this land. It can be very difficult. We know there are times where we don't feel like we matter. But I want you to know the universe all of the cosmos belong to God and every living thing is given permission by him as foreigners and strangers inside his creation it all belongs to God we are all strangers before God but he invites us to the table he says I know you go through change in life I know there might be leadership change there might be church change there might be family change there might be work change but God looks at one, I have you in my hands. Heaven and earth can pass away, but my word will never pass away. I never change. Church, do you know why we came to worship right now? Everything can change in our life, but we can look to heaven and say, God, you never change. This is my opportunity to look to heaven and say, God, I love you. I need you. Everything in my life is yours. Why did you come to church today? David says, as he closes this prayer, he knows who we are. He said, God, keep us honest with our intentions before you. God, keep us loyal in our love before you. God, I pray for my son Solomon. Keep him obedient to your commands. And we're the same way. Oh, how we prone to wander. Many of us, he may have even come in this place, and you didn't even worship during the first round of songs. But God's about to give you another chance. This is the opportunity to worship God we are a vapor we are a shadow we have no idea if we have tomorrow we have no idea but the everlasting one the forever one the everlasting one is saying to you right now right now little one will you give me the worship I deserve David says praise be God and what happened to the people they bowed low they bowed low they prostrated themselves before God. They said, we praise the Lord. Church, we bow low before God. Pastor told us last week, that's what our only posture is. We bow low before the King of Kings. It is such a holy action, full of gratitude, full of humility, full of obedience. God is watching us right now. This is your opportunity to worship, worship God. This is your opportunity. Will you bow low? Will you bow low before God? Will you tell him, God, I love you so much. I don't know if I'll ever have another opportunity, but this opportunity, Father God, thank you for carrying me to this table. Thank you for allowing me to sit at this table to worship you, God. God, I give you everything today because everything is already yours, Father. Will you bow low? Church, would you close your eyes? I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward. Let's move into a time of worship. Real, genuine worship. Church, please, let's stop. I don't know. Let's stop doing what we're always 
accustomed to do. But will you focus on God? If you don't even know the songs, just start to say things you know about God. God, you are faithful. God, you are so loving. God, you are so merciful. God, you are my healer. God, you are a miracle worker. God, you are the Alpha and the Omega. God, you are the beginning and the end. You'll notice what will happen to you when you make God the center of your worship. Who cares if you don't know the song? I didn't come to sing a song. I came to worship God. I came to worship God. So open your mouth when it's time to worship. Just tell him. Make him the focus of your worship. Like David is saying, today is the day. This is the moment we all have in the presence of God. This is what we have. Let's worship God. Our lives may change. Everything will change. But God does not change. He is the faithful one. He is the everlasting one. And we're going to worship him this morning. Amen, church? When we all stand to our feet, let's get ready to worship God. Don't wait for a worship leader to tell you to worship. You already know why you came. Let your heart turn towards God. May it become like water before him. Bow low in his presence and worship God together. God, give us the heart of worship. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.